We're, we're moving into part three of Pope Benedict's homily. And I'd like to begin today with the gospel reading of last Thursday because I had a profound experience with this reading and so I, I want to share it with you. It was Luke chapter 19, verse 41 through 44. It says, As he drew near, meaning he was, our Lord was coming to Jerusalem. As he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If this day you only knew what makes for peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. For the days are coming upon you when your enemies will raise a palisade against you. They will encircle you and hem you in on all sides. They will smash you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another within you. Because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord weeps over Jerusalem. I couldn't contain my tears. Because our Lord continues to weep. Our Lord is weeping now. Our Lord weeps in the tabernacles of the world. Our Lord weeps in the Eucharist. Our Lord is weeping for us, for his bride, the church for the world. And I found myself weeping with the Lord. And then he says, if you only knew, if this day you only knew what makes for peace, I can't tell you for days I've been pondering just those Few words, what makes for peace? This is so important. And then right after that, he says, but now it is hidden from your eyes. And what I found is that I was contemplating because our Lord has, back in 2010, I finally was able to find some of the words. Our Lord spent in love crucified time speaking to us about opening our eyes. He spent time speaking to us about removing, I don't know if some of you, I think you all remember, this was so significant for us in Love Crucified. Our Lord was telling us about removing the veils of the eyes of our soul so that we could see the glory of God before us. And in my experience in this amazing community, 
I have been watching so many of you, and I've been seeing the work of the Holy Spirit doing just that. The veils have been removed more and more, and you are seeing in a new way. I am seeing in a new way. Praise be to God. And what happens? We know what makes for peace. But the sadness is that so many are still blinded, that they don't know what makes for peace. And what happens is, as the veils begin to be lifted from the soles of our eyes, and we begin to see the glory of God before us, and we begin to see with the eyes of Jesus, two things happen. One, it's an amazing grace because you see, you see the glory of God, you know, all over. You see the glory of God and working within us. You see the glory of God everywhere in nature. You see also the darkness. When you see the light, you also see the reality of the darkness. You begin to see also the hearts of many. And there begins suffering also. So there you continue, you enter, like all of you have, I think, you begin to suffer how our Lord is forming us, the martyrdom of the heart. Because as we see, we we experience the love of God, the Trinity. We experience the joy, but do you also experience what? The sorrow. You cry now with our Lord. We see, what do we see? We see the darkness, but we also begin to see how many times people we love deeply in our own families are blinded. They don't see. And what a deep suffering. We see many times the darkness in the hearts of those we love the most because we're now seeing through the eyes of our Lord. And now you we begin to suffer with Jesus in a very profound, intimate way. This is the life, intense life of a victim soul. This, my dear friends, is the martyrdom of the heart. But our Lord in the last line says something very important I couldn't help but think. He says this is what's going to happen to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is going to be encircled. You know, and that's exactly what's happening in the world right now, in the church. The darkness is penetrating, it's, it's encircling us, and we're seeing this. But you look around and it's like, is anybody awake? Don't they see what we see? It's so difficult. And this is, our Lord is weeping. The same thing's happening. And then in the last line, our Lord says, Because you did not recognize the time of your visitation, I was drawn for days to one word, your visitation. 
your visitation. He didn't say, you, you missed the time of my visitation. Of course, he's talking about himself, but he makes it personal. He, he, he makes it personal. So I realized after days of meditating upon this, that every single person has an opportunity. God reveals himself personally, like what Father was just saying, to everybody. But we can miss it. You can miss your visitation. How? We can be so busy, right? How many people do we see that are like running a rat race? Even us sometimes. That's why you have to be so careful. We miss it. We miss the voice of our Lord speaking to us. We miss how he might come to us through someone else or through the word because we don't read the word. So our Lord knocks on the door. He's re revealing that we miss it. Many people are missing their visitation. So their eyes are blinded. And then what happens is they don't know what makes for peace. And that's the situation we find in the world now. I, I hear the news. You know, I hear talk shows my husband has on. You know, all the the the, the talk shows. Glenn Beck. <laughs> and all of these. And, you know, they're talking about this and, you know, that. And, and I'm thinking... But they really don't see what makes for peace. It's Jesus Christ himself that makes for peace. And here we have been pondering the words of our beloved Pope. And he's been telling us what makes for peace. At the beginning of his homily, he begins by saying, the most precious contribution we can make to the cause of peace is that of prayer. Prayer makes for peace. Okay? He tells us the second, you know, what we've been pondering the past few weeks. Jesus Christ is meek and hum is a humble king. The king of the anawim, of those whose hearts are free of the lust for power and material riches, free of the will and the search for dominion of others. That makes for peace. And then what did we do last week? We pondered his words on the sword. And our Pope tells us, it is not the sword of the conqueror that builds peace. That's how most of the world thinks that peace is going to come. But the sword of the sufferer, of he who knows how to give his very life. You see, that's us. That's the life of a victim's soul. But I want to share with you what our Lord said to our family back in November of 2010 when he took us to the feet of the cross. Remember how much I've spoken about the feet of the cross? Because our Lord spoke to us about opening our eyes. And this is what he said to us. Eyes have not seen nor ears heard what your God has prepared for you in heaven. I invite you to come and see. I will remove the veil that covers the eyes of your soul so that you can see 
what few are able to see. Our Lord has kept his promise, my brothers and sisters, because we are seeing what few see. Praise be to God. Remember all of this Thursday when you celebrate Thanksgiving, okay? (laughs) We have to thank our Lord. You will see the new Jerusalem in all her glory. She, more precious than gold or diamonds, will be yours to possess. Allow me to remove the plank from your eyes that keeps you from contemplating the glory of God before you. Come, my daughter, and bring many to the foot of the cross. Prostrate yourselves before the foot of my cross and kiss holy ground. Rise and embrace my precious feet and kiss my wounded feet. It is here through this gesture of humility and love that the plank of pride and self-love is removed from blinding your sight. Touch my feet. Bless my feet with your kisses and cleanse them with your tears. The Holy Spirit drew Mary Magdalene to this act of love in preparation for my crucifixion. And it is my mother who completed this act of love and reparation at my crucifixion. It is here at my precious feet that you receive the gold of precious repentance. I desire for you to bring my sons to the foot of my cross. So I wanted to just go back and review that with with all of you because we have so many new people (laughs) because this is so important. Because our Lord tells us in the Gospels that the plank, its we see the splinter in our brother and sister's eyes. And it's so easy, right? But very seldom do we see the plank in our own eyes. And that is so true. And in this family, our Lord taught us to do something, to go to the foot of the cross. I mean, this is something that's become, I think for most of us, something we do daily in the Blessed Sacrament. And in the depths of our soul, place ourselves next to our Blessed Mother and kiss the feet of our Lord and beg, beg, my brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit to grant us the gift of knowledge. It's one of the gifts, seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the gift of knowledge... is so important because it is through the gift of knowledge that we begin to see our pride, our self-love, our vanity, what we do not see in ourselves. And we also receive through the Holy Spirit the knowledge of the immensity of God's love for us. And this is so important for our Lord to remove the veils of the eyes of our soul so we can see. So we can see and begin to see more and more through his eyes so we can cry with him, so we can suffer more profoundly in the depths of our heart with him. Do you want to add anything? 
Amen. <laughs> okay. So do I have a little more time? Okay. So today, section three. So we continue on what makes for peace. So if we go a little further in our the homily of Pope Benedict, he speaks about the cross. The cross makes for peace. And this is what, today we're only going to take a few sentences from the homily. This is what our beloved Pope tells us. Jesus is the poor king among the poor, meek among those who desire to be meek. In this way, he is the king of peace. Thanks to the power of God, which is the power of good, the power of love. He is a king who causes the chariots and the charioteers of battle to disappear, who still shatter the bows of war, who will shatter the bows of war. He is a king who will bring peace to fulfillment on the cross by joining heaven and earth and by throwing a bridge of brotherhood between all peoples. The cross is the new bow of peace, the sign and instrument of reconciliation, of forgiveness, of understanding, a sign of the love that is stronger than all violence and oppression, stronger than death. Evil is conquered with good, with love. Our Lord has said that so many times to us, that the evil, the darkness, penetrating our church and world can only and only be conquered through love. And that is the love of the cross. That is the only thing. That is why he tells us constantly, raise up, family of love crucified. Bring me many victim souls. Because a victim soul, what is a victim soul? It is a soul that is united to Jesus crucified, the word of the cross. It is love. It is the purest love. And that's why it's so powerful. In Ephesians chapter 2, St. Paul speaks to us of what makes for peace. And it is through the cross. Listen to the words of St. Paul. Because the Holy Spirit in our family has been bringing us into the depth of the words of St. Paul. And it has been so amazing. Now listen to these words of our beloved St. Paul. In this own flesh, he abolished the law with its commands and precepts to create in himself one new man from us who had been two and to make peace reconciling both of us to God in one body through the cross, which put that enmity to death. This is exactly what our Lord has been doing. We have begun to, us and Jesus. And our Lord has been teaching us that he wants all of us to be one. No longer we that live, but Jesus Christ who lives fully in us. Many of you might say, 
We are called to be at the foot of the cross with Mary. But I say to you, no. We are called to be one with Jesus crucified. Mary's body you might see at the foot of the cross, but Mary's entire spirit and heart is one with the crucified. She is crucified with him. So our Lord has been taking us through a passage to union with him, to fully live the words of St. Paul, no longer two, but one, through the power of the cross. And he begins at the feet, repentance, because we're going nowhere without repentance. It's at the feet that the, the foundation of union with our Lord is set, which is humility. Because with humility, even though we are miserable, God can do the greatest miracle with us. But without humility, we cannot ascend the spiritual ladder to union with our Lord. So that is how our Lord's been guiding us. So we are not called to remain at the feet, my family. We are called to enter through his side to become fully into his heart in the furnace of the fire of our Lord and to enter to his kiss, to receive his kiss on the cross like St. Catherine of Siena taught us and to give him our kiss. That is union. That is what God wants from us. Why? Because then we truly become the witnesses that St. Um, uh, uh, yes, I should say St. Benedict, <laughs> our Pope has been speaking to us about. Then we become the witnesses of peace, the ministers of peace. Then we become, and only then do we become the sword of the Spirit that can pierce the darkness that is overcoming our families, our church, and the world. That is so important. That's why we have to be attentive. We have to live the way of life that's in our, our community. That's what it is to free us to enter this union with our Lord. So, our Pope tells us, evil is conquered with good, with love. Listen to some of the words in our book that we've been studying for years and years, the words of our Lord to Conchita. But here on page 181 of the diary, it talks about this pure love. Listen carefully. Pure love is of greater apostolic fecundity than the most outstanding works accomplished with less than love. It is at the eve of life, in silence and isolation, in prayer and in sacrifice, that God's mother attains her maximum of love and her fullness of apostolic fecundity in the service of the Church of Christ, just as Christ himself did not save the world in the luster of his word and of his miracles, but on the cross. Pure love. In January 2011, almost a year ago, our Lord said to us, the purest love on earth must be united to suffering. I came from heaven to earth to suffer in expiation for the sins of the world. This is love. 
Pure love gives itself solely because of love. The love of the Trinity is pure love. Therefore, the Father gives his life by giving to the world his only begotten Son. The Holy Spirit flows from this most pure love, thus igniting the hearts of souls to suffer with me so that they can enter in love. The cross without my sacred heart is useless suffering brought about by sin. But suffering united to my cross is new life. It is participation in the work of redemption, which is participation in the life of the Trinity. These mysteries can only be grasped by a humble heart. Therefore, you must call my sons first to repentance at the foot of my cross to receive the gold of precious repentance. Be still, my daughter, for it is the pure suffering of the mothers of the cross that I will use to pierce the harshness of my son's hearts. Suffer all with perfect faith in my crucified love. Why is it that the people in Jerusalem missed the visitation? It was because they had their minds set on how the king was supposed to be. And Jesus did not fit the bill for them. They were waiting for the chariot and the charioteers and the glory and the splendor, and he came riding on a donkey. And his throne was the cross. And that's why the Holy Father is saying, he is the king of the Anna Wim, of the poor, of the humble. He himself is poor and humble and will only be recognized for those who are poor and humble. And so we need to enter into this humility of the Anawim, be part of the Anawim to be able to recognize our Savior. The same thing today, why people don't recognize Jesus, he doesn't fit the bill of what they are expecting to solve the economy, to solve the world problems. They wanted to do it according to their mentality. And it's going to be through the power of the cross, which is love overcoming the evil of the world. And the second thing also I wanted to, to um, share with you about this is that you know what happened to Jerusalem? In the year 70 AD, the Romans yeah. encircled the city and the city was utterly destroyed. That was the end, not only of, of that city, but of religion as they knew it, because the temple was utterly destroyed. And so, because Judaism was so centered in the temple and in temple worship, um, the religion of, Israel, of, of the Jews was profoundly traumatized and it was never recovered. But you know something? Many people do not know this. The Christians in Jerusalem, this is the year 70 AD, so there were already Christians living in Jerusalem. The Christians of Jerusalem received a word from the Lord, a visitation, 
and a warning. And they prepared themselves, and before the troops encircled the city, they were out. And so the Christians were not caught in the city when the city was encircled. They had gotten out because of the word of the Lord, the word of knowledge they received, and they had a good shepherding, good leadership, and they were able to get out. And uh, we need to be ready, spiritually, to get out. <laughs> to get out of this, of this entrapment of the devil. You know? So, um, be humble, be unawin, and uh, be attentive to the Lord's visitation. And let's have enough oil. <laughs> so when we visit. And also, another thing is, think about the visitation. What is the visitation that we celebrate in the liturgy? Is God visiting Blessed Virgin Mary? What would have happened if she had missed out that visitation? Mm -hmm. 